The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly. To your favorite sports Babes show, Bros. hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 70 of Babes on Broad. I am Sam Stafford now with my co-host Jesse Taylor. Woo! So we're going to have to update our intro there because it still says Wilson in town. So give us some time for that. But we're the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. So the Eagles, they lost a tough one yesterday. They had us all fooled. We thought they had it. It looked like they did until the very end of the game. When they just, I don't even know if you want to say outsmarted us. They just had the better game plan. I mean, they ran out the clock and they knew that they that they could do, could so on this defense. Yeah, I think that ultimately this was the kind of loss. Like I wasn't super heartbroken by it, honestly. Looking I agree, at no, because it was a lot better game than I thought. Yes, and I think that. When thinking about what I was expecting going into the season, this was the kind of game that I expected. You know, this was the kind of, these were the kinds of losses that I expected to see. Close games, just not able to get over the hump. Um, Way more frustrated with the defense than the offense. Um, you know, here's the in in you know week. What is this? Nine now. Five quarterbacks have thrown for you know over eighty percent completion rate against this defense. Um, you know, thirty eight passing attempts for Justin Herbert, and you know two pressures and one hit that ended up being a roughing the passer anyway. Um, so you know, this, again, I I have said this before, and I I still believe this. Like, I am way more willing to be patient 
with the offense and a rookie head coach that is with a first full year quarterback, a lot of young talent, and even still some young pieces on the offensive line because they've had to move some things around due to injury. I'm way more inclined to be lenient and open to waiting for growth to happen there as long as I'm seeing good things and seeing progress. There are just regardless of the fact that they're they have a first year defensive coordinator here that I'm it's it's there're too many veterans making boneheaded mistakes and just not playing well enough and I understand the scheme is also not good enough but it's just not not performing well enough so I, I'm way more frustrated with the defense on this one than I am with the offense I honestly thought the offense played a really good game yeah, I mean, I'm right on the same page with you. I mean, the offense, you can get nitpicky. Sure. Um, Jalen Hurts had some terrible misses there that could have won on the game. Obviously, I say could have because you never know. Well, I mean, two are in the end zone. But um, so, like, you can get really nitpicky with that stuff. But I really don't think it's on them. I think the Rager thing bothers me the most, how he had one reception and it was for negative six yards or something like that. So I think that's, like, annoying. But – Mostly it's this defense, obviously. I mean, the thing that is kind of complex about the defense, like the thought is that they started that game going for like with four shutouts right on that goal line. Yeah. And I mean, you, who, it's who just goes like 98 yards and, and doesn't score. They start yeah. off, go all the way down the field and, and get a fourth down, like fourth down stop. And, on I, and I don't understand if it's because maybe Gannon doesn't really get much of a say there because obviously all he's saying is don't let them over the line, you know? So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just like they amp themselves up and get themselves into it, which if that's a case, like that's a problem if they can only keep themselves up for certain drives. Right. I don't know. Like, And then, I mean, that one, it did suck too, that particular drive right in the beginning of the game because they went four and out and then five minutes later we're back on the field because we went three and out. So – I mean, it's tough on that when you look at that fact. But just overall as a whole, it really doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, I, I'm willing to be patient on the offense and not so much on the defense. Yeah. I mean, I even Gannon. I mean, Gannon, like, yeah, I guess people could argue like, oh, give him some leadway, blah, blah, blah. But no, I can't anymore because it's so bad. There's no – he should be able to have just the most simple defensive scheme and have the talent and the better is – I don't even know what the – word would be veteranism <laughs> on this defensive line to at least like help him and make him not look as bad. I don't know. I, I, I literally don't know. I think that's part of it. It's, it's, there's, he's doing, I don't want to, I don't think he's doing too much, but like there's, there's a problem and there's a disconnect when you have guys that have been at sort of that top tier of their position and they're playing so poorly and have clearly ha have made it very clear that they're not happy with the way that they're playing. So when you've got a young head coach coming in to mold a bunch of young offensive players, that's one thing. When you've got this young defensive coordinator coming in and trying to remold a bunch of veterans who are really good football players that doesn't work and you can see, and that's why I don't have the patience for it because like who is Jonathan Gannon to come in and tell Fletcher Cox to change the way he plays you know what I mean yeah, that's I sort of where I'm where my brain is 
So, I mean, and you're absolutely correct on, like, Jalen Hurts had two throws that he would like back. Obviously, the one to Goddard. Yeah. With, again, he was getting, Jason Kelsey was getting pushed back, so he couldn't step up in the pocket and follow through on that throw and drive it right to Goddard. He had to loft it like that and obviously just missed him. No right. excuses. It sucked. Yeah. And then the one where he missed Devontae in the end zone. But other than that, I mean, the guy was 11 for 17. They, he only threw the ball 17 times. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that the recipe for su success for them is to throw the ball between 20 and 25 times and run the ball between 30 and 40 times. And that's that's essentially what they did. And the defense didn't do enough on their end to keep to, to, to secure the win. I agree. And I'm even with oh, – I see a lot of people obviously attacking Hurts because I feel like people just look for any excuse to go after him. Yeah. And on that, like, yeah, you could get nitpicky. Yeah, those could have been crucial catches and stuff or throws that he could have made. But I think you also have to factor in the fact or the part of it that it was the beginning of the game when those happened. You know what I mean? Like, both those throws, I think, happened. I think the Devontae Smith one was before the first half. So, no. like, yeah, so they were pretty early on. So he's still kind of like, you know what I mean? Getting his footing, like, they're still trying to work out. And then when it really mattered, Jalen Hurts stepped up. And that final yeah. touchdown – he saved that drive multiple times and it was his legs that kept that drive going and led to a score. So like where he messed up in the beginning, he eventually found his footing quite literally and made up for it, you know? Right. And I think that you're, you're exactly right. If you're, you can, if, if you're looking for reasons to be nitpicky about Jalen Hurts, like if you want to sit here, if you look at that game on day and your first thing to do is sit and complain about Jalen Hurts, you just have a Jalen, an anti-Jalen Hurts problem yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to I, – I understand that people are really sick of the – it's only his 13th game. It's only his whatever game. I recognize that people are sick of that. But also, you know, this guy needs this season. You have to keep in mind, this is a 23, 24-year-old young kid that's figuring out the NFL while figuring out a different offensive line every week while figuring out how to work with different guys, read different defenses, while figuring out how to help his head coach along. I was just going to say not getting the help. from heck goes on in the Eagles organization from top to bottom across the board. So Yeah, I agree. There's just a lot of things on – like I just feel like no matter what, it's not fair to Jalen Hurts. It wasn't fair when he was drafted here, and it's just still not fair to him. And I think he's he's a really easy guy to root for, and I don't understand how people don't. Yeah, I but, think I think everybody that doesn't want to root for him, it's just because they want to be right. You know what I mean? Obviously, right. this whole situation, you already said it's not fair or wasn't fair when Jalen Hurts got drafted here. And it was because of the situation. And people, they obviously, it was a situation where people took bold stances on each side. And a lot of people just can't say, not necessarily that they were wrong. They just can't get over the fact that the Eagles didn't do what they wanted. You know what I mean? Right. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we all have a common enemy in Howie Roseman and the way that he operates. True that. And Jeffrey Lurie and the way that he operates. So ultimately, we all just need to band together and support the guys that are wearing the jersey because if <laughs> we don't, nobody else will. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of my standpoint on it. Like, as an Eagles fan, I'll die for anybody wearing that jersey. Except for maybe Derek Barnett, because I'm so scared <laughs> his BS. But and I think, but that that's it because we have. It doesn't matter 
what we think at the end of the day, they're going to make whatever decision and they're probably going to go about it the wrong way as they tend to do. So, you know, it's, it's, you're right. It's, it's just not fair to, to Jalen. And if you're going to sit here and criticize, you know, the six either missed throws or incompletions that he had on Sunday when, you know, ultimately the offense was not the reason they lost that game. You just, you just want to be angry. Like you just want to be yeah. miserable and you want to be angry. If you want to be angry at anybody, be angry at the defense because the defense yeah. played like garbage. The offense played a good game. There's no reason that the defense should not have been able to help them. And you made a good point earlier about being tired, but they get tired fast. They do. And I think that's where their age really shows. I don't think you're wrong. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, we talked about this in our last episode about, you know, their first round picks and, and what they're going to do. And are they going to try to throw them together for Russell Wilson and is hurts? Not the guy, what have you, but, my God, they really need to just use every single pick they have and overhaul the entire defense. A hundred percent. Okay, so with that being said, what is – I mean, I feel like we're just going to reiterate ourselves, but what are your final thoughts and takeaways of this game against the Chargers? My my final takeaway is I am pretty content with the offense in terms of a – young offense, figuring it out kind of thing, especially from what they did from last week against the Lions to carry it over until this it, to, through this week and continue with what worked. They, I had some questions in the beginning. They got throw happy for a little bit. And I was like, my God, please go back to the run. Don't <laughs> do this to me already. And they did. They figured it out. And, and they had a very balanced attack, which opened things up. Devonte Smith is quite literally always open. So open things up for them. And they, I thought, I thought they had a really good game. I thought Nick Sirianni did a really good job this week. Um, the defense is, is, is bad. They're, they're so bad. And it's actually painful to, to watch them. And honestly, I'm I'm in for giving Nick Sirianni another year. I I don't think Jonathan Gannon is 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 the guy for this unless they are going to completely 180 overhaul the defense and let him yeah. fresh. I agree with you on that. I think um after last week and this week the offense is I mean I'm not like yeah, go Eagles offense, like don't change anything like obviously. <laughs> but I am like I don't have any complaints with them besides some missed throws here and there and stuff, just because I see the progression and that's all we wanted to see this season. You know, we see that they're putting the work in, we see that it's making a difference. So I'm fine with that. And it was in back-to-back weeks, which is like what we like to see and we haven't seen yet this season. Yes. So I'm good with that. The defense is worrisome because like we said, their age is really showing or it could just be the fact that Gannon has completely lost that defense. And that wouldn't shock me. No. Just because you're seeing everybody out there just not perform like there's no reason that defensive line should be as bad as it is and as quiet that it is they're I mean yes they're old but they're all big names they're all getting paid the defensive line is where we spent the most money this offseason and where we usually spend the most money there's no reason it should be that bad and that's why I'm kind of leaning towards that Gannon's just lost locker room so that's worrisome to me but with that being said I'll let you take it to break. I almost took it to break, but I mean, we'll, we'll see where it takes us going into the Broncos next week. Oh yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will break down the Eagles matchup next week with the Denver Broncos. You are listening to the babes on broad on BGN radio.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into episode number 70 of Babes on Broad. So as I teased before Jess teased, um, looking at week 10 of the Eagles against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are 5-4 and four so far this season. They started the season really strong with three wins, but it was against the Giants, Jags, and Jets. So everybody was still kind of like, eh. And then they went on to lose four straight games. Um, they were against better people, obviously. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Cleveland. But this but. past weekend, so for everybody out there listening to this, we were obviously, I'm supposed to have this whole week off because I had my wedding and then the honeymoon, but I was like, eh, trying to write up this Denver Broncos, like look ahead kind of thing or prediction, I should say. And I had really no clue just looking up and I was like, I think I need another week to see what they do against the Cowboys. I do not know. And thank God we waited I know. Because I could have not have predicted that they would beat the Cowboys like that. They would smack the Cowboys around the way they did. We were going to record this episode and just have it prepped, ready to go. So Sam did yeah. not have to work at all this week. And we decided that we needed to see whatever they did to get an accurate read on go what, what we were looking at going into this week against the, against the Eagles. And then they went into Jerry World and dropped 30 points. <laughs> so there's that. And then... Dallas didn't score until the last, I think it was like six minutes of the fourth quarter. Jeez. Which was, I mean, and here's the thing, like, the they, they weren't doing anything special. Like, they weren't picking Dak off left and right or, or forcing fumbles left and right. They had one interception. They had one fumble recovery. But they just manhandled them they did they that de so the dallas defense i think was the, the we knew their offense was going to be good going to be a yeah. high-powered offense but their defense and how good they have been is what's been so surprising yes 100 percent. they dropped the ball this week allowed 190 yards on the ground and 249 through the air i mean yeah i, I they, they let teddy bridgewater kind of kind of ha have his way. <laughs> yeah, and it's so surprising, too, even just the Broncos, because, I mean, obviously they had that – they got took a big loss last week with Von Miller going to the Rams. So it was kind of like, oh, what's going to happen, blah, 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 because they took a huge hit with that. And then for them as a whole team to just come out and be like, shove it in your face, we don't need him, blah, 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 kind of thing. Right. It, it was surprising for sure. I just can't believe they went to Dallas and did it. Like, yeah. That's I mean, such a grand win. That defense for Dallas is very young. So maybe they did think since, I mean, the Broncos aren't necessarily a really good team. So they probably slept on them a little bit with that. And then they lost Vaughn Miller. So they probably thought they were taking a hit with that. And they probably in their head just got a little cocky because they've had, good performances week after week up until this week. So right. I think 
maybe it just caught up to them and they got smacked in the mouth a little bit. I mean, yeah. And, and, and again, it wasn't even like anybody had this like otherworldly yeah. performance. Like it was a team win, and, you know, no, no receivers over a hundred yards. They spread the ball around well, but like, no receivers over 100 yards. I guess Javante Williams did have 111 yards on the ground on 17 carries. So that's six and a half yards a carry, which was able to obviously wear that defense down right away. So I guess that I would say is one of their, you know, the highlights there. Um, and then Melvin Gordon added an extra, an extra 80. So, you know, but, but other than that, you know, it's not like Jerry Judy is, is, you know, uh, being a world beater right now coming mm -hmm. off three or Cortland Sutton is, is smoking people left and right. Like, they just put together a, a good performance and, and the Cowboys really, you know, crapped the bet on this one. I agree. And one thing that's also really interesting to look at it is the fact that you already said this Broncos offense was able to put up 30 points on them and their the, our offensive line is going down like flies, no, man. They're just dropping. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to be this week without their right guard, right tackle, and possibly their left tackle as well who was hurt last week, he might be back. But, I mean, two to three offensive linemen already gone? I, I, I mean, that's that's a lot. And two of them, I mean, two of them got hurt in this game. Yeah, but still. still. They also lost Patrick Sertain in the middle of the game, too. And yeah, and you would think, if anything, that'd be momentum shifters. Right. Losing and, them during and the game. Dallas just couldn't do anything. I, I mean, they, they couldn't do anything at all. And, I mean – it then then looking into it, I, I know that their first couple games were against really bad teams and then they lost four yeah. straight to some better teams. But even within that, you know, they're they're still a top 10 run defense. They're allowing the lowest comp completion percentage in the NFL as compared to the Eagles leading the NFL in highest completion <laughs> percentage allowed at 75 and a half percent. They also have 22 sacks on the season like. This isn't a this is a is not a scrub football team and and we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we were sort of looking ahead to you know the the rest of the Eagles season and what they were going to face and you know we we said back then like the Raiders are not just like any team to to scoff at this year the Broncos mm -hmm. are not any team to scoff at this year the last couple of years they've not been great because they haven't really figured out who their quarterback was going to be but Teddy Bridgewater is playing really well they're they're doing a good job and and. Their defense is really good, even without Von Miller. I know. I know. It is. It's interesting to think about, and it's not making me feel that good about this week. So saying that, Jess, what's your prediction for this weekend? So, I mean, I think that the Broncos are going to go from being my favorite team in the NFL this week to my least favorite team in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's absolutely going to be challenging for the Eagles offense. Um, but again, the Eagles offense was not the problem this week. So they're showing some good things. They need to stick with what they're doing and continue improving it, um, continuing to get better, continue to commit to the run, even if it's not working early. Um, you know, defensively, they're going to struggle. The Broncos already have the, you know, the third they have so they are allowing the lowest completion percentage. They also have the third best completion percentage in the league right now. Um, obviously, we know how that would fare against the the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, and they run the ball well. So the defense, I mean, they need to come out and make a statement this week. 
they need to win with their front four because if they have a beat up offensive line, the Eagles have to take advantage of it. And if they can disrupt the offense in any capacity, if they can contain the run a little bit and disrupt Teddy Bridgewater a little bit, you you have a more evenly matched game that the Eagles could sneak out a win. So I think they do have the capacity to win. I think they can win. It's just a matter of, are they able to actually achieve what they're capable of achieving? And we're starting to see the offense do that. It's it's the defense that's concerning. So I think if the defense can you know pull their heads out of their butts and get it together for 60 minutes of football, I, I think they could, you know, I, I think it's going to be another close game. And I think it could be another, you know, 24, 21, 24, 20 type of win that the Eagles could pull out. Yeah, I'm nervous going into this game because I just think so. I already said I've been proud of the Eagles offense these past two weeks. I think that they're really starting to pull it together. But this is going to be a true test for them this week. And because of the fact that they've kind of finally relied on the run these past two weeks and that's most likely going to be taken away from them this week because they're going up against against a top run defense so their run's going to be taken away from them and it's going to put more pressure on Hertz himself and everybody else I mean Rager besides Devontae Smith which obviously Denver's going to see last week and be like that's really the only guy we got to watch him and Goddard you know what I mean so I think it's going to be tough for Sirianni to kind of make a game plan. And I'm nervous for that. I don't know if I have much faith in that. Um, And then looking on the other side of the ball, you said it in this part, even last week against the Cowboys, it really helped Denver. They had no big star on that offense. They were able to spread the ball around and just make it happen that way and just get points here and there throughout the whole game. And that's going to be a problem against this defense that couldn't do anything, you know? So they like um, and miss tackles. Yeah. Percentage allowed. I mean, they might oh, luck out. This defensive line might get a little burst of energy from how bad they were this past week and luck out in the fact that Denver has got a lot of offensive line injuries and they might be able to like capitalize on that. But I don't have faith in it. And like I said, the Eagles offensive scheme and their throwing weapons and all that, the passing game, that's going to make me nervous this week. And then obviously the defense as a whole, I don't even need to get into why really because of last week, but those things are what makes me nervous. I say 27, 17 Denver this week. I just am so glad it's an away game and I don't have to leave my couch. I bet. It was a little chilly yesterday at that game. Just a touch. Not too bad. It's going to get worse. I know it's going to get worse, but yeah, it's going to get bad. I didn't but, I didn't adequately prepare for for that game. I was not dressed appropriately. I was a little disappointed in myself. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people weren't. I still saw a lot of girls in like crop tops start trying to look cute. And that is a hundred percent for August, September football, you know? A for effort, but oh my god, I was cold yeah. to people. Even like people that didn't have boots on and had their like ankles out with sneakers on. I was like, Aren't your ankles cold? Like I, I know. Was, I, my ankles are cold and I have boots on. <laughs> I went in there. I pulled out the winter jacket, the long winter jacket mine. for last grab. year. I've meant to grab yeah. mine and I had so many things in my hands. I, I didn't grab it. Oh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 70 of Babes on Broad. Thank you as always to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you are following all of our socials, subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, leaving a five-star rating, written review, all that good stuff. While we're also here, the Sixers have some 
home games this week, but right now the Sixers are really struggling with some COVID issues. It was just announced today that Joel Embiid has tested positive for COVID and also is symptomatic. So we're hoping that not only Joel Embiid, but Matisse Thibel, Isaiah Joe, and Tobias Harris, who have also have it. I don't know if they've been symptomatic, but hoping all of them speedy recoveries and hoping that all of their families are okay, especially Joel Embiid's family, his son, and everything like that, because we know he's been majorly concerned about that from the get-go. So mm -hmm. wishing the Sixers lots of health and wins continuing without some of their stars. But we will talk to you next week. We'll see what the Eagles do. Go Birds!